This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. What up, guys? Welcome back to another PHNX Sun Devils live show brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, the one and only sportsbook app. It's America's top-rated sportsbook app where right now, if you download it today and use our code PHNX and put $1 down on any NFL game, you will get $100 in free bets so long as either team scores one point. And there hasn't been a shutout in years, years and years and years. So I think that's a pretty good deal again right now. Download DraftKings Sportsbook today, use our code PHNX, and put $1 down on any NFL game. And as long as either team scores a point, you will get $100 in free bets. I'm Brittany Boyer. Joining me, Shane Diefenbach, my co-host. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Great, great. It's a, it's, it's a cozy Tuesday. Nice day to wear a sweatshirt, a hoodie. Um, I like putting my hoodie the on. best day to wear a striped sweater. All the time. That's, That's the way good. you just said it. I felt like it's pretty, it's pretty cozy. It's pretty good. You know, I wasn't that soft spoken. Come on now. <laughs> it was um, a little dainty. But yeah, I'm, I'm I'm comfy. It's a good Tuesday. It was pretty cold when I left my house Not this morning. Not as dainty as Jacob's sweater, though. We need to stop making fun of Jacob's sweaters. I like it though. It looks I so think cozy, he, but it kind of looks like you borrowed it from Sydney. But that's okay. <laughs> Fair. So a ton of stuff to talk about today. Um, we have a special guest coming on in Jordan Simone. He will be joining us in just a little bit to talk about this upcoming game against Utah. You know, there's a lot of stuff going into this game chain, a lot mm-hmm. of emotion, um, a ton of things. So we'll be going over that. We're also going to be doing our midterm report cards going over where ASU stands at this point in the season. You know, we're at that midway marker and I think it's a good point of being able to sit back and evaluate. Yep. so And uh, we have Jordan Swanee joining us now, actually. Yeah, without further ado, FaceTiming with the fellas slash me, because I'm not a fella, but we <laughs> like that name. So, hi, welcome on, Jordan. How are you? Are we frozen? Well. I think we're having some technical difficulties, so we'll get that worked out, but... There, well, let's let, let's 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 get our question of the day going. Yeah, first. we'll throw the question um, of the day out there first. Is the rival is the game between ASU and Utah considered a rivalry to you? Because I personally don't consider there's only it one a rivalry. rivalry. There's, exactly. There's only one and rivalry, it's, and it's not really even a rivalry anymore. Yeah, it's ASU versus U of A. So you know. Plus Utah, Utah new into the Pac-12. I mean, it's it, it's not a rivalry. It's going to be a great matchup, and maybe this will spark something, but. From from my point of view, like being a sports fan in general, I firmly believe that there is only one true rivalry for each team. 
Um, and that's how it should be. It, mm-hmm. When you have multiple rivalries, they don't become rivalries. They just become intense games that you know you have to play every year. Um, and that's what the Pac-12 is. I mean, if, if you consider that a rivalry, then almost every game you play in the Pac is a rivalry because all of these games are intense. All of them are close. Um, and, 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 yeah, as we've talked about with the cannibalistic nature of the Pac-12, I mean, it, it's it's so hard to, to just win a game in general. So um, let us know what you guys think on our Twitter at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. We'll be tweeting that out right now um, and uh, respond with what you think. We'll bring them up um, throughout the show. Um, so make sure to get engaged on the Twitter Twitter sphere. Yeah, I'm going to tweet that out right now. Again, Jordan, just let me know he's having a little bit of an issue with the link. So we're getting him a new link to get him on here. ASAP. I personally um, don't think that there is a I agree with you, Shane. I yeah. don't think that there is a rivalry in this game between ASU and Utah. I think, yes, it has gotten incredibly heated in the last couple of years. Yes, Utah has really uh, transformed and become one of those teams that um, has the potential to be a pain in the ass for the Sun Devils. But I really don't want to say it's a a rivalry because I don't think of it as that. um, There's not the same sort of intensity. Um, It might be a one-sided rivalry, kind of like I know some Arizona State fans feel that they're rivals with USC. But, I mean, if you ask a USC fan who their rivals are, they're going to tell you UCLA. That's that's another thing. It has to be a two-sided rivalry. It is. It's it's pathetic when one team says, we're rivals with you, and then the other team is like, no, you're not. Yeah, you're... We don't care. Like, like it it has to be a rivalry both ways. Um, And I don't think either team sees this as a rivalry. Um, As I said, it's it's a Pac-12 game. They're always going to be intense. They're always going to have fireworks um, and emotions flying. But at the end of the day, it's not a true rivalry to me. Um, so this Utah team... I need to tweet this real fast. Sorry, I've been trying to get Jordan the link. So t- give me one second, fans, if you're watching and you want to reply. Typically, this Utah team is known as a grit and grind, really hard-nosed defensive team. Um, and this year, they're giving up over 300-something yards a game. Um, so that's something that they're going to need to get back on track. Obviously, they've been dealing with yeah. a lot of stuff inside of the program um, that uh, is unfortunate. So they're going to be playing with a lot of fire and emotion in this coming game. But to me, it's ASU's game to lose. I think it's ASU's game to lose every game for the rest of the uh, year. Um, Yeah, uh, they're only going to be able to beat themselves, um, in my opinion. Uh, So this game is no different. I think if you let them um, get fired up early, I mean, you're in a hostile environment in general. It's going to be tough, um, as is every Pac-12 game. But um, the weather also might play a factor. Um, and yeah, the U- Utah fans are, are fired up on Twitter for this game. Um, they're fired up everywhere. So I, 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 there's, there's not a lot of what we know to expect uh, with Utah because, as I've said, they, they've been known to have this, this defensive mentality and it's just not there anymore. Um, for yeah, this year, I feel least. like they're, this year there's something that's just lacking. I feel like I'm not really exactly sure what happened during – the pandemic, but they did have a number of players who transferred out. And then they had the death of a player in December, Mm -hmm. the death of the player recently. There's just been a lot of stuff that's been going on. So um, I believe that we have Jordan Simone waiting for us now. Okay, here he is. Hi, Jordan. Welcome on. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm doing good. Uh, I don't know if you guys can hear me right now. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Hey, great, Jordan. How you doing? Perfect. 
Okay, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Thanks for having me. Sorry for the technical difficulties. I, uh, I'm not the best with all this stuff. <laughs> not no, a problem. We're, we're wonderful. We're super thankful for you taking the time out of your day to sit down and talk with us. You know, you are somebody who had tremendous success with Arizona State in recent years. Um, you're still very involved in the program, on the sidelines, doing reporting. And, you know, you're somebody who can connect in a way with the players, but also with the fans. And so I feel like you're just the perfect person to kind of give us a little bit of a breakdown leading up to this Utah game, what some of the players might be feeling and um, from the Sun Devil aspect and also from the Utah side with uh, what they've gone through as a team recently. Man, um, first and foremost, can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. So, man, it, it, that's a good question. I think Utah's it's been an emotional couple years for them. I, I, I was just talking to somebody, man. I can't imagine what those coaches and players are going through on an everyday basis with the loss of two of their brothers in the locker room. It's something that you can't even fathom unless you're directly involved in the situation or if you're coaching it. And so they just buried their teammate this week. You know, they buried their brother this week. And so I don't know, you know, how I would respond because I, I can't even imagine being put in that situation. All I know is that this will be their first home game back in a while. Yep. And so it's going to be really emotional. That place is going to be, it's going to be full of a lot of emotion from the fans, from, you know, their team and um, their coaches. And so, you know, obviously they're going to go and try and win that game for, for Aaron Lowe, you know, who lost his life recently. And, you know, our, you know, our hearts just go out to, to that program and their family, man. It's just one of those things you just can't understand, but man, for ASU, you know, they've, they've got an opportunity to, to put themselves in the driver's seat in the South, uh, you know, kind of similar to the UCLA game a couple weeks ago, where it's like, Hey, if you guys take care of business, you can win this game. And not only that, you'll put yourself in great position to be in a Pac-12 championship game um, a, a couple months from now. And so that's all you got to do. You got to handle your business every week in the Pac-12. And that's why people love playing in the Pac-12 coming out of high school is because every week there's there's competition. Um, you know, besides the team down south, there's competition in the Pac-12. So, um, yeah, there, there's a little overview for you. Yeah. Um... Well, Jordan, uh, I, I know I, I was uh, I was at ASU when you were playing, and uh, you, you're a guy that I just love to watch fly around the football field because you play with such emotion. Um, when it comes to playing with that much passion and um, obviously love for the game, how what, what's the barrier or what, what's the line um, that is that you have to try not to cross when it comes to too much emotion? Is there can you play with too much passion? I guess is what yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, that, that's a great question. First and foremost, thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that. It's really nice of you. Um, yeah, there is a level of, of too much passion and too much emotion. You, you've got to play with controlled, um, you know, that, that emotion's got to be controlled because if you're playing too emotional and too, you know, crazy, you're going to get beat. You're going to be focused on other things. You're going to be thinking about the crowd. You're going to be thinking about other things that don't matter. And it's so funny every time I walk into Sun Devil Stadium, you know, the, uh, let me back up. The first time I walked into Sun Devil Stadium after my playing career, I was blown away at how cool the stadium is, how many fans are there, mm -hmm. you know, what the lights are like, the big screens versus when I was playing, I walk in and I'm literally going to war. I'm not thinking about anything else besides playing and what my job's going to do when I'm on the field. So uh, it, it's funny how you walk into that atmosphere post playing and even, you know, the games I travel to the Rose Bowl, the Coliseum, man, it's so different when you're not playing because you're, you're just level of focus so much different. Um, and so, man, I, I, you have to play with controlled aggression 
and emotion because if you're out of control, it's going to be six points the other way on any given play. Now, you've played in some really wild environments. I believe you were part of the team that did travel to uh, Texas to play the Texas A&M in that one game, correct? And then you also um, were part of the team that took on Notre Dame, or was that before you had transferred here from Washington State? I played Notre Dame in 2014. Okay. I, I was a junior that year. So you've played in some really insane environments as well. Um, and we all saw how Arizona State did struggle a little bit on the road in, against BYU with the noise and the crowd factor. You know, coming off of last year when they had no fans in the stands, transitioning into this year, that was the biggest crowd they faced. And most likely the number of people that are at this Utah game is going to be the biggest crowd they've seen since then this year. So yeah. how do you think that they're going to uh, deal with the crowd noise a little bit better versus the game against BYU? That's a good question. I, I think they'll be more prepared for it. Um, you know, 17 penalties and four turnovers, and they lost by 10 in that hostile yep. environment. And so now that they've been through that, right, and, and they've experienced it, they know how to react in those situations. And by the way, most of these guys on this team have played at the University of Utah and lost in that rainy game two years ago mm -hmm. when I was actually on the sideline freezing my you-know-what's off. <laughs> um, these guys were playing and trying to throw the football around, and it was soaked. It was, mm -hmm. I mean, it was brutal. The conditions, it was so windy. Um, and so I think this team wants revenge. I think they should. I want revenge. <laughs> Man, the, the, the crowd was pretty nasty to the team, to the people on the sideline last last uh, or a couple years ago when we were there. And I got to tell you, though, I, I always love playing against Utah because you know what you're going to get. It's just Kyle Whittingham, physical football, a yeah. bunch of dudes that are mm -hmm. mean and tough. And um, I do have so much respect for for the guys that I played against when we were at Utah and that coaching staff. But I'll tell you what, those fans are ruthless. They'll say some things that, <laughs> man, they, they need to go to church on Sunday to, <laughs> to be forgiven because it's, it's pretty brutal, man. You want to talk about a hostile yeah. environment, I'd say there in Oregon are probably the two craziest things you'll hear from fans man they they, they get after it uh what what has to be said to players when a game like that BYU game gets kind of out of control and you can tell that the crowd is influencing the game what is said and what impacts players most um to get them right back on the right track so when they come into a hostile environment in Utah, Utah that doesn't happen again you know it's a it's a maturity thing it's a mental maturity and a composure thing that when you're playing on the road, you got to be ready for the, that scenario. It's not like they didn't know that BYU wasn't going to sell out the, the place after they mm -hmm. just beat their crosstown rival in Utah the week before um, and were nationally ranked. They're going to pack it out, and it was going to be loud. And um, to be honest with you, I'm surprised that the Pac-12 didn't want to include BYU in the Pac-12 because of how awesome that environment was, mm -hmm. how good their fan base is. Um, but you, you, you've been through it now. You know how to react when, when things go bad, you know, when the crowd's on you. And I think the biggest thing in that game was that the crowd got up early. The first play of that game, we fumbled the ball on the five-yard line and almost had, a, almost had a good stop, but they score, right? And so the fans are just going crazy because the first play couldn't have gone better for them. So this game, you've got to get up on a team early, right? And our defense has played so well. Our offense has looked so much better. You've got to be able to either get a three and out and march down the field and score or start with the ball and march down the field and score and get a turnover uh, or, or a three and out. So I, I that's the biggest key for me in this game is get up on Utah early because we need to take that crowd of it. The other thing I think that's huge for this game is that 
the weather's supposed to be clear. The high is 58, the low is 35. It might be cold, but if it's clear weather, it placed so much into ASU's advantage because they're not good in, in wet games. They're just not. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they played against Oregon State in December last year in a wet game, and they won. They look good. But I just don't like them playing in rainy games because they never practice in it. Yeah. And, you know, you just brought up last year's game against Oregon State. Aside from this game against Utah this weekend, one of the other games on the schedule Shane and I have been talking consistently about from the beginning of the year that we're concerned about is the game against Oregon State in Corvallis in November. Um, You were part of that 2014 team that, you know, just (laughs) not to throw it in your face. I'm not trying to say it in a bad way, but you firsthand experienced um, what can happen and how quick it can happen. And, um, you know, I want to get your take on where this team's at um, mentally in terms of going in there and Kind of just what your expectation is for this year's team going into Oregon State, because that's kind of another one of those games on the schedule that's a question mark. Yeah, I think the the last two kind of games of their Pac-12 schedule besides U of A is is going to Oregon State and then going to Washington the week Mm -hmm. after the two back-to-back Pacific Northwest trips. It's tough to play up there late in the year, but I, I do feel encouraged that they went up there late in the year last year and beat the brakes off of them. Now, it's a better Oregon State team, but I also think it's a better Arizona State team. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be an interesting game. My biggest advice for them is just take it one game at a time. So many times Pac-12 teams get caught up when they get ranked. They take a bad loss because they start thinking ahead. Hey, I'm, I'm going to, you know, we beat Oregon State. Now we beat Cal, you know, oh, man, we've got uh, Oregon. Oh, we just beat Oregon. Now we play UW, and UW beats the heck out of that team. So it's just there's so many times in in the Pac-12 where a team, you know, gets ranked and all of a sudden they get beat by somebody they shouldn't. So just take it one game at a time. That's all you can do in this in this long Pac-12 schedule, um, especially when you go on the road in those Pac-12 after dark games that I'm sure will start at 11 p.m. at night and we'll get home at 5 in the morning. It's so brutal. Yeah. Um, so I'd be remiss if we're talking about the PNW and we're talking about passion. Um, you got your chance, um, with a team that you rooted for in Seattle, um, in a, in a training camp, there's a story, um, about you picking off a pass and taking it back, um, during one of those training camp sessions with Bobby Wagner and Cam Chancellor falling behind you. Um, can you speak about what the passion is like, even just in an NFL training camp or practice, um, and how different that is from, uh, the NCAA? Man, that's a... That's a good question. I, I don't know if I've ever been asked about that. Um, well, first and foremost, let me just say that was probably one of the coolest moments of my football career, like my individual football career. For sure. Um, you know, being a two-time walk-on and, um, you know, growing up in Seattle and watching the Seahawks. You know, growing up, I never thought I would ever play, you know, for the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I, I just It's not something you think about. And then, you know, kind of my junior year, I was like, oh, you know, maybe I could play in the NFL. And my senior year, I was like, I absolutely need to play in the NFL. And so, you know, and then tearing my ACL and breaking my kneecap eight months later and um, getting a chance for in a rookie mini camp and then getting signed. And it was just an awesome process. And I, I built some really good relationships in my short time there. And, um, you know, still being able to talk to Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor and, and Bobby Wagner. And, you know, I saw them all this summer. And so it's just cool to, to be able to go back to my hometown. And, um, you know, I, I never gave up. I think that's um, that's something that I'm very proud of is that in high school I could have quit because nobody gave me an offer. In college I could have stopped playing because I was a walk-on. I didn't have a scholarship and, um, you know, the coaches got fired and poor me and poor me. And I never felt that way. I always felt like, you know, I belonged. And 
Um, that's how I felt in the NFL. And, um, I gave it everything I had tore my other ACL and it was a bummer, but I got trained up and ready to go again. I was hoping to get signed and I didn't get signed. And so I decided to hang it up and, and join you guys in the broadcasting uh, space and, and love it obviously. But, um, man, you gotta have passion. It's, Mm -hmm. you can't play the game without passion. It's a controlled, you know, passion that you have to play with. And, um, it's something that you you learn from good coaches and good players before you. I remember Alden Darby, who was uh, you know safety before me that played the same position. He had so much passion when he showed up every single day to the facilities, and a lot of that rubbed off on me. And so, um, you know, it's guys that that come before you that that really build the culture of what's to come and the expectation of what's to come. And um, you know, I, I remember, you know, joining the Seahawks, you know, so it starts from the head man, right? It starts from the top down. And when I first met Pete Carroll in his office, I shook his hand and in about 10 seconds, he had me convinced that I could, I could, you know, I would run through a brick wall for mm-hmm. him uh, because he just has that, that, that passion about the game and he can connect with anybody, no matter where they're from. And it's, I always make the similar connection to, I think Mike Bercovici is like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that can connect with anybody. And I think he'll be a, a head coach in the NFL one day. He's doing he's still the quarterback's coach with the Cardinals right now, correct? He isn't the quarterback's coach, but I think he works with the quarterbacks, but he's Cliff's he's technically um head coach's assistant. Okay. Um, and so but that, he's that comes working with a his lot way. of diverse roles. Yeah, he's doing really well. Um I, I think next year he'll be a position coach and I think in three or four years he'll be a head coach somewhere. He's he's that smart and and that good with uh, connecting people. Yeah. Well, if there's anything else that you want to add, Jordan, we have nothing else for you, and we'll let you get going because we know you have lots of stuff to Actually, do. Actually, I, I do have one thing. Speaking of Burko, um, there's a there's a great picture. Um, obviously, not great for you, but after after you tore your ACL um, and your last game as a Sun Devil um, with Burko and DJ Foster, um, obviously both of your roommates at the time. What uh, the, the, uh, they're kneeling before you? What kind of does that add uh, being a roommate? I mean, obviously you see each other every day, but d- does, does that passion kind of translate um, on the field? Is there like almost clicks when you, when you have uh, roommates that are practicing on the same space or is it more of just like, Oh, we're all in this together. It doesn't really matter that we live together. You know, I, I think a mark of a good team is being able to, is to, is to, you know, you have your clicks, your roommates, your best friends, you know, on the team. But I, I what I liked about the culture that we had was that, you know, the linemen were friends with the DBs and, you know, the offensive line, you know, would hang out with, you know, the special teams guys or, mm-hmm. you know, it's 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 that cohesion of everybody is equal and everybody is, you know, respected. Um, that's that was so cool to walk into that environment every day and, and just be able to, you know, hang out with any group. And, um, you know, obviously the big boys like to hang out with each other, but I'd always try to slide my way in there <laughs> and, and try to learn something from them or mess with them or something. So. Um, no, man, those, Mike and, and DJ are, are my brothers, man. They're, uh, you know, it's, they stood at my wedding here a couple months ago and I'll, I'll probably be in, you know, I was in Mike's you know, this summer as well. And DJ, you know, when, when he finds the right one, I'm sure we'll be in his <laughs> wedding. So it's, it's a, it's a brotherhood that I can't even explain, man. It's, it's long nights, early mornings. You know, I remember getting in a car at 5am and DJ was not a morning person and, and Mike <laughs> and I are. And, and DJ just used to have the most pissed off look on his face every single morning. And it's not, nothing even to add to that story. Just the, those memories of like, man, yeah. just DJ being a grumpy, you know, a-hole in the mornings and Mike and I messing with them. And so <laughs> it's those little things that you remember yeah. forever. And when the game's over, that, that's all you got is those memories.
Definitely. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Yeah, that's all we've got. Jordan, we'll let you go. Thank you again, and we'll hope to have you on again soon. Let me know, guys. I'm available. Thank you. All right. Later. So, yeah, before we get into uh, our transition here, I do want to touch on, you know, he spoke about the difference between emotion and about passion, and Mm -hmm. it was something that Herm Edwards did talk about this week um, at his weekly press conference on Monday. So I have a little bit of a video put together on what he's talking to his players about leading up to this week and a little bit of the difference between playing with passion versus playing with emotion. Um, Really, emotion plays a big, big part of... uh of uh, college football, when you think about it. And you don't want to be emotional. You really don't. You see it every week. Teams get emotional and you put, the, you put themselves in a bad way. Bad things happen. Fouls, turnovers, all those things that lose games. You want to be passionate, but you don't want to be emotional. I've always said that. But when people get emotional, I kind of back away from it. I just know something about to happen, not good, right? I mean, you can have a conversation with somebody, and all of a sudden, when the levels go up, you go, okay, I better move back a little bit because they're getting emotional now, right? And, and so the same way with football. It's always been that way. When you get emotional, you turn the emotional switch on. Um, you're headed down the wrong avenue, and you got there's a, there's a fine balance. Um, it's always interesting when players either go home and play they go to a, uh, a venue in which they've played at before. Now in college football, no different than pro football, if you get traded and you go to another team and you play against your former team, how does that all work, right? Uh, I have enough experience in that situation to, to know what to say. Um, the thing for me with passion and emotion, especially in football, because football is, to me, a little different from every sport because you're throwing your body at other people. Um, there, there's, there, It's so physical, and when it can get emotional when, when you know that contact can come at any point. Um, so I think emotion translates a little differently on the football field than it does to every other sport. Um, and Herm knows that, and Herm's an emotional guy, and he's a very passionate guy as well. So it's something that he preaches – um, all the time. And I think what he said is true. I mean, th- I th- there's a huge difference with passion and emotion. And I, I, I think he th- that that's something that obviously he preaches, but I also think he does a very good job of keeping that line drawn and and firm, um, firm for Herm. Yeah, firm for Herm. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I agree. I and I'm sure you can speak on it on behalf of basketball. You played a ton of basketball. My only sport I really did was uh, gymnastics and I've fought before on a low level and I can tell you (laughs) that um not getting emotional in both of those is absolutely essential because as soon as you get emotional in gymnastics like your ability to become seriously injured goes through the roof um and that's another like I mean look what Simone Biles did and why she walked away so I mean that's a huge reason why you need to be passionate and love what you do and want to do it to your best ability but not become emotional where you're mad and you start not really controlling your body or flinging it around and not thinking about the movements because that's when you get injured that's when you tear your acl or something like that and same thing with fighting you can't get, be emotional in there because as soon as they get in your head um and i feel like it's almost a little bit of a mix of both because it's, um with that it's a lot more aggressive and as soon as that person's going to stand there and i've had it where the girl stands there and she's talking shit to you hmm. in your face the whole fight and like the only thing i ever can think in that situation is like 
shut up. You're supposed to be punching me in the face. Like, stop talking. And it's kind of like Herm also talked about this, and I didn't put it in here because it would have been too long. But, um, you know, he used to love to torment players and try and get in their head. Um, and it's a sign of being mentally tough and get, getting those shots and being able. But also knowing where that line is and when the play's over, you know, like you have five or ten seconds to kind of talk a little bit, but then you got to get back and get mentally reset for the next play and do your job. Yeah. Or else all that talking was for nothing. Well, so talking about our own experiences, I mean, in high school, it's completely different um, because the emo- the controlling your emotions things comes with maturity. Um, and in college football, I mean, people, we, we say this a lot, but people forget these these are kids. I mean, they're, they're, they're young adults that are still con- figuring out how to control their emotions on, especially a national st- stage when they're playing ESPN on ESPN like ASU's done so many times. Um, so it, it, it's a lot harder for... Uh, it, it's a lot easier for somebody that's watching the sport to just say, hey, don't do that after the play because, I mean, you don't know what's going yeah. through their mind and, like, what they're thinking at the time. So, and another thing is when these guys, if they do, transla- if their game translates to the NFL and they do get a spot on the roster, um, the NFL now has things in place to keep emotions in checks with the taunting rules that's been I mean, so widely talked about across the nation. Um, there's no taunting rule um, to dr- draw penalties uh specifically for um, college football right now. Um, so, I mean, these flexing at somebody on the ground plays or, you know, yapping too long after a play, they're going to have to get those in check at the NFL level. And I'm yeah. sure Herm has touched on that. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it, it's just hard to keep emotions in check when you, you've been told to give everything you have. And when everything you have um, also equates to, you know, your your passion and 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 like everything you want to give toward the game is emotional. It's, it's hard to keep that emotion back while giving everything you can physically. Yeah, I agree. And also, I mean, you think about it, you have to, I have an example in Jack Jones last week. Mm-hmm. I felt like in a couple different scenarios, he let his emotions almost get a little bit of the best of him. He could have had three picks in that game. Instead, he had just one. Um, two of them were like right to him. And I think he just got a little bit too excited too soon and started trying to go before he fully had the ball in his hands and he just wasn't able to secure it and pull it in. And so that's a, that's a prime situ- like example or situation where, you know, you can't let your emotions get ahead of you. It, it could be that, or it could be a catching a football is pretty hard still. Well, that too, like there was I'm a couple of them shit. and he even came yeah. out and said like in the hallway after that was one of the comments he had made yeah, to you, AP was like, I could have had three of them things. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you get your hands on the ball, you're expected yeah. to pick it off, but yeah. Um, all right. Well, before, um, well, speaking of getting your hands on the ball, um, Manscaped. Uh, yeah. Manscaped is a fantastic. Thank you, Blair. Manscaped is a, a, a fantastic grooming service. Um, if you download or not download, if you go to their website, manscaped.com and use that promo code PHNX, you can get 20% off and free shipping right now. Um, they got the lawnmower 4.0 that just came out. It's fantastic. Um, it's been doing me good. I, I need, I need to, I got a day off tomorrow. I think I might do some manscaping up top. Um, and uh, get this whole situation figured out. The mustache isn't going anywhere, folks. Do not worry. Um, but it, it's a great service. Uh, they got the ball spritzer. They got the ball toner. They got the the body wash. Make you smell fantastic. Their boxers are breathable and fun to put on, which is a hilarious statement, but it's true. They feel very nice. Um, I was wearing them earlier this week, and um, I I could breathe down there. It was fantastic. So uh, go to go to manscaped.com. Use that promo code PHNX. Get twenty percent off and free shipping at manscaped.com using that promo code PHNX that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Brittany, the line right now on this ASU game 
last I saw, ASU was only favored by one point on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm going to go check that right now. I think ASU, if you're going to favorite ASU, I think it needs to be more than a one point favorite in this game because this is, yes, it's going to be an incredibly um, physical game. Still only one. Mm, I think it's got to be, I think if ASU wins, it's going to be by at least three. It's going to be close. I mean, the, when when odds makers set the game at one, it, it's a pick em, It's called. Um, it can go either way. Uh, which I hey, but odds makers had ASU as a minus three or what is it? Plus. Uh, no, they were plus three, but um, plus three going into the game against UCLA. UCLA but yeah. what was the overall like? They were like minus one eighty. Yeah, the money line they were plus one eighty. Plus plus two twenty. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it means their odds are better, so you can bet on it. And if you want to bet I'm on backwards. that, Never it's, mind. it's all good. If you want to bet on that, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX. Get a hundred dollars in free bets when you place just one or more dollar on any NFL game. Um, and either team that you, in that game that you bet on scores one point, you get a hundred dollars in free bets that you can use toward ASU or anybody else. Um, I think that the over under set at 50, 50 and a half total points scored. Um, I don't know if they get to that number. I think this is going to be a defensive battle. As I talked about earlier in the show, Utah is typically known as this hard-nosed defensive team. They've been at, they've been giving up way more yards than they normally have in the past couple of years. Um, but I think they kind of get back to their roots. Um, but I also think ASU's defense is not going to um, is, is definitely going to show up. Uh, um, what did you say it is? Fifty and a half. Fifty. Yeah. I think they. Go, I think they are over. You think it goes over that? I think it goes over. I think ASU's offense is rolling enough, and I. You think- want to bet on this? Yeah. Um, I'm taking the over. All right. Well, we'll shake on it now, and we'll figure out terms after the show. Well, I'm taking the over. All right. I'll take the under. Um, um, so, yeah, if you want to take the over under, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX to get $100 in free bets. 21 plus. Let Ari- us know if you take our betting advice, if you take the over or the under. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. 21 plus, Arizona-only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Well, it is the midway point of the season. It is. It's time for midterm grades. Um, so let's get into it. Britt, if you want to do the offense and I'll do the defense. Yeah. So we have quite a bit to discuss with this midterm report card. Um, first and foremost, let's just look at where they're at overall. Right now they're ranked 41st overall in the nation um, for their scoring offense. They're averaging 33.3 points per game. That's another reason. Utah's not, yes, we know they're a strong team, but they're not the team that we've seen them well, be in years Also, past. let me just say this. Um, 41st overall um, it, it is, it, it seems uh, too low for how much this offense looks like they're producing, but it looks like they're producing so much more offense because they're in the Pac-12. The Pac-12 is, is usually not known as um, a flamethrower for offenses mm-hmm. when it comes to um, uh, the difference in, in other conferences because you get SEC teams that score 50 a game against, you know, these smaller schools that don't matter. And the Pac-12, it, it's known for, you know, close games and whatever. So l- let me just say that the 41st overall offense is very solid for a Pac-12 team. Yes, but it gets better. Um, that's just like the first kind of ranking. Yeah. I just really went in order. I didn't put them in any sort of like yeah. ordered order. Um, but I really liked their third down it's, conversion percentage. They awesome. um, are seventh in the nation with a 52.1% third down conversion rate. That is so good. You, so good. You know you know why that's happening? It's because they set up the run on first and second down or they, uh-huh. they, get, they pick up yards so it's third and manageable almost yes. every time yes. you don't see them converting these long third and 12s but they can if they have to but for the most part they're getting third and manageable and third and manageable is so big not only in college football but especially in the pac 12 because yes. the games can switch so fast so yeah seventh in the nation 
and and uh, third down conversion percentage at 50, 52.1% is awesome. Yeah, I think that's huge. And then also they are n- like number 25 for their total rushing offense. They average 5.58 yards per carry. That's really good. I think especially at this point in the season, they had two games without chip, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think that that impacted their number um, and their rushing yards. And also, this is a very well-balanced offense that doesn't necessarily rely on just the run exactly. or just the pass. So for well them to, to be able to evenly split their offensive balance mm-hmm. and have their rushing offense come in at number 25, that's pretty good. And ironically, they're also number 25 for their team passing efficiency. Um, it's the highest-ranked Pac-12 team on the list. Um I don't know why I didn't put any other stats in there, so I can't say <laughs> anything else right now. But I do know that um, anybody who has eyes can see that Jaden Daniels has clearly been well, the best, the most accurate, and he's been the most talked about this whole time coming up to this point. It's passing efficiency, you know. That, that I mean, that's yes. what you like to see. That the, that's when it gets to the balanced offense. I mean, you, you set you set the pass up with the run, and when when you get those situations uh, where somebody flies open, um, you have to be efficient. And Jaden Daniels is, if anything, efficient. That's what he is. That's what he's known for. He's yeah. an efficient passer. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that they're the highest ranked uh, efficient team passing wise in the Pac-12. And then finishing things up, they are number forty for total offense. Total offense, they average 441.7 yards per game. Also, though, keep in mind, um, this is where things start getting really tight because it comes down to like 0.7, 0.6 yards per game. And so some teams are averaging really similar numbers and, um, you know, just a little bit of yeah. a difference makes all the yeah. – it can move you five spots. So th- this is this is my – this is my wheelhouse. I love a good defensive team. You guys have heard me talk about Utah um, as like one of my favorite Pac-12 teams, any favorite football team to watch. Um, so this is very fun f- for me to tell you guys. ASU has the best rating on defense in the Pac-12. Um, they're number 14 in total defense in the nation, um, only giving up under 300 yards a game at 298 yards. Um, and that is so fun, especially when you look at the splits um, more often than not, they're giving up more rushing yards and passing yards. And that goes with the bend don't break offense mentality mm-hmm. where they don't give up shot plays. They still are the only team in the FBS to not give up a 40 plus yard play. Yeah. And that is so impressive. Um, their corners don't get burned. And if they do, they always have somebody over top um, and the defensive schemes with their stunts on the line. Um, when you have guys like Tyler Johnson, DJ Davidson, and Darian Butler playing the way they are in the pass rush, uh, you don't really have to worry about um, Jack Jones or Chase Lucas getting burnt on a double move because there's no time to pull a double yeah. move in this on for, for this front seven. So that, I think that has a lot to do with why this defense is ranked so high. Um, they're tied at number 11 for passes intercepted this year with eight so far in the season. That's huge. And they could have had more than that, which yeah. we just yeah. talked about too. Um, so, you know, yeah. And, and it's just overall takeaways. I mean, this, this team prides itself in taking the ball away. Um, yeah. And like we also talked about this team also already faced the two best quarterbacks that they're going to face this mm-hmm. year. So should any of these other quarterbacks decide that they're going to take the passing route? I feel like ASU's defense is going to eat them alive and they know it, but also they're going to be forced to because they're able to stop the run against a lot of these teams this is funny this is the biggest weak link in this defense right now um and it's a rushing defense and it's funny because it's really not that much of it's number 35 in the nation uh giving up only 116 yards a game um which is great when it comes to college football in general but especially in the pack i mean there are a lot of teams that pride themselves in rushing and we're gonna see it a lot in this in this utah game and isn't it crazy though that that 
is the weak link in the defense. Yeah, 35. Number 35 is the weak link in the defense. Yeah. I mean, like you, you just can't give enough credit to Antonio Pierce in this no, defense. It's, you it's can't. been phenomenal. Um, the game planning, the the actual play of all of the guys on this defensive unit. Um, and I think the reason why it's been able to succeed so much is because of how many pieces they have at each position mm-hmm. that can translate in and out. I mean, you've seen different people start. You've seen different people end the game. Um, Eric Gentry, as we've talked about, has been playing phenomenally as a true freshman, coming in a linebacker and getting a bigger role. Yeah. Um, and so when guys like Darian Butler need a break or need a breather, you have guys that can rotate in for them. They're, they're three deep at every position, and that has a lot to do with stopping the run because – you know, when a team like Utah can do, um, if they have like a 60-yard drive that's gone on for eight minutes, this defense gets tired. But when you have three deep at every position, the defense isn't going to wear out completely. And that, I think that is a huge reason why this this uh, defense has been able to stick, especially well against the run. Yeah, they've got some really good personnel groupings going on um, with the players that they've been sending out on the field for the different plays mm-hmm. and rotating in and out. Um, I also think it's beneficial that Herm is a defense-minded coach and a former defense like player yeah. on defense and you know um herman I, I edwards that, running to the end zone that's one of my favorite plays ever just because of the announcer saying herman edwards and herman singing edwards. celebrate uh, sorry guys so no yeah. that's all i just yeah. i think him being a defensive minded yeah. coach also is beneficial sure. in uh getting this defense back it takes pride to some of these heights that they'd yeah. like to reach so. um passing defense number 21 in the nation god these numbers are incredible yeah um only 181 yards a game on it's in today's world of football it is so hard to keep a de- an offense and a quarterback under 200 yards a game, and they're doing it consistently. Yeah. Um, it's it's just impressive. It can't be spoken with enough. But that, again, is probably a reason why our, the 181 yards only given up is probably um, equates to their number 10 in sacks um, with an average of three and a half a game. They're getting to the quarterback. They're putting pressure on these QBs. And a lot of these guys are getting to the quarterback and eating because it's not like it's just one guy. Tyler yeah. Johnson. Yeah. Um uh, Anthony Cooper, you have uh, Omar Norman Lott, mm-hmm. you have um, who else has got DJ some, Davidson, uh, DJ Davidson, BJ Darian, Green, Darian Butler, Darian Butler, um, Stansbury had yep. one too, didn't yep. he? Yep. Um, so you know, you see all these these different players that are contributing to that mm-hmm. sack number, and to know that there a lot of them are so young, yeah. and have so much future with the team to continue. Um, growing and and, I mean, and that's what you can say about team. every position it's 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 it's, it's actually it's insane it's because great. they have like asu has not been this deep in so yeah. so long um and the three and a half per game are only sacks i mean uh the 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 amount they're, they're rushing the quarterback the oh, hurries yeah. it's it's impressive they're number they're 26 on uh team tackles for loss um with an average of seven per game which is a lot to do with a run and the well, sack numbers you got a bug bite? I think so. I can't uh, stop scratching my arm right now. Well, you should stop. It's really itchy. Um, so th- those are the numbers. That is the midterm report for ASU so far. Impressive. Um, but again, consistency is key in the Pac-12. Um, they need to come out and play hard every night. And they're going to need to come out and kick some ass on defense against Utah, um, who cannot establish the run early against this ASU team in Utah. Um. All right. Well, let's talk um, a little bit about Utah, um, what to expect um, before we get out of here. Britt, what do you think? I'm expecting it to just be a very physical game. I think it's going to start very physical. Uh, I think I don't necessarily think it's going to be like the, the game against Stanford where Utah is going to come out and score quick and score first and get on the board. Um, but I do see it being a very physical te- or game where it takes – 
each team a little bit of time to get the offense going and get a groove. Um, and I feel like we're going to see something similar in the second half mm-hmm. where the defense comes out and is able to or to shut shut down Utah and the offense is able to take ASU to run away with the win. I think um, the biggest thing I think is going to happen, Zach Hill always has great um, scripted drives to start games, um, but I think this one is going to be so momentous. Um, it, it, depending on what happens, if they win the coin toss, most likely they will defer and Utah will start with the ball. I almost like that better. I love that. I, I mean, it, it sets the tone. If, if they can win the first half, they can control the rest of the game. Well, if you can stop the first drive too. Yeah, I think for that sure. Sets... And they've been able to do that. Um, so that's a huge thing. If they can, if they can um, stop that first Utah drive or even if they get the ball first, um, regardless, their first drive on offense, um, Zach Hill is going to dial up something pretty fun, I feel like. Um, because a, a, a hot start, I know we say it, and it's kind of sound like a broken record. A hot start's crucial in this game, specifically because of the hostile environment and what they want to replicate with what they did with UCLA yeah. um, and what they couldn't do against BYU. So the, if they can get in a hot start, um, it's going to set the tone for the rest of the game. And a team like Utah, who doesn't play well from behind, just like UCLA, it's huge. It's huge to get a hot start. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely essential. Um, you know, also... This sounds terrible, but it's going to be in ASU's best interest to capitalize on a little bit of the mental insecurity and mental instability that the team is currently in with Utah, you know, with everything that's going on. Um, It's not going to take much, I feel like, to get in their head. Um, As soon as they are able to kind of knock down that door a little bit i expect them to get it loosened and then fully just kick that bitch in yeah well i i mean i think in a way um herm knows that this team's going to come out with passion flying and i think that's going to help asu prepare a little more um i don't think these players need to be told to play hard every time but the added pressure of knowing that this team is going to come out with their hair on fire um will make asu play a little bit or start a little bit faster than they normally would. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we'll get into keys to the game later in the week. Uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. What are Do you have any concerns with this game? Because Jordan did bring it up when he was on here. Um, that last game that Arizona State played um, in Utah in 2019, it was a sleety, wet, yeah. cold uh-huh. game, and I believe the final score of that game was 21-3. to Defense did their absolute – best to yeah. stop Utah in that game but it was just the offense could not get things yeah. going because the ball was so wet so you know he talked about the weather forecast it's supposed to be a fairly decent day a um, little bit chilly after the sun goes down mm-hmm. I'm sure but um, I, I have much higher expectations um, in terms of them being able to secure the ball in this game well let's say let's say it does rain okay let's say the weather forecast is wrong let's say it does rain if it does rain, I have more confidence in this team than I did in 2019 because they are at heart a uh, running football team. Um, and that that's no knock on Jaden, but it that's just what this this team. When you heart have and soul three is. running backs that are this strong, and Jaden Daniels, who's yeah, that and Jaden Daniels, too. who can also I, run. I'm not very worried about that because they can chew clock. They can. Um, they they've shown that they can stop the run. Um, if it comes to that, and I mean, if they try to throw the ball on ASU in a in a wet uh, uh, during a wet game um I, it's just not going to work so I, I would almost say maybe it plays a little bit in utah's favor but it doesn't take much away from asu if it does rain i don't think it's going to rain i think that yeah. the weather should be fairly nice though um so 
that's something that does that does give us a little more confidence. It makes it me feel a lot better in, in Corvallis. It does give us a little more confidence if it does rain when, yeah, when they go true, to play true, true, true. And there in November. Um, it does give me confidence uh, when I'm betting on them on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, um, too. Um, as we said, they're only one-point favorites, so if you want to get in on that juice, I'm sure that line moves a little bit when it gets closer to game time and people start looking at that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Mm-hmm. Who wouldn't want to look at that DraftKings Sportsbook app? I mean, come on, that, in that sleek black and green colorway that's well, going on. It's super fast. It's safe. It's secure. It's also reliable. Um you can deposit and withdraw money whenever you want. I've been depositing a lot more money than I've been withdrawing. Um, but maybe you can uh, help my luck by downloading that DraftKings Sportsbook app using that promo code PHNX, getting your $100 in free bets when you place $1 or more on any NFL game this week and either team scores a point. And if you want to get some betting advice or you know just a little bit of a breakdown of the Pac-12 games taking place this weekend, we will be having a full breakdown of all the Pac-12 games going up on our website, gophnx.com. You can check it out. Subscribe. Um, right now, members get a free T-shirt when they sign up. You also get access to our Discord lounge. It's where we all go hang out, talk, chat. It's like Ask Twitter, questions. but for the cool kids. Um, yeah, so make sure you go over to GoPHNX and sign up today so you can make sure you see those lines and all the odds and mine and Shane's predictions for the games this weekend. Mm-hmm. And we actually have a little bit of a fun segment to bring Friday yeah. for our game predictions. It's gonna so be it's going to be lit. It's going to be sweet. Um, anything else before no. we get on out of here? Um, I will die on this hill. Utah's not a rivalry. Almost every single pe- person oh, agreed with us on Twitter. Yeah, read some of those uh, responses that um, our question of the day got. got we if you want to bring that up responses. again, our question of the day was, is ASU and Utah a rivalry? We both said no. And uh, what, did, what did the public say, Britt? Um... One person said who, and that was my favorite. Huh. Um, I don't know why someone, Bobson Dugnut said, <laughs> such a funny topic. Who cares? Let's throw a trophy with it and have some fun. <laughs> Everyone wants more meaningful ASU games, right? <laughs> That's a good point. If you put a trophy behind any game, it becomes a rivalry. Yeah, but the trophy has to be something that's like good and like. What if it's just like like a, like a, um, a fish Here's a roll of, of salami. Okay. Like, yeah, I wasn't thinking that. Here's a trophy. <laughs> like, here's a summer sausage. It's so random. We'll, like, we'll, we'll we'll inscribe the winners on the summer sausage. It's gonna get gross, but yeah, well, it'll be a tradition. Any other responses? I saw one that was like, no, no, absolutely not. Who said that? Um, actually, I lied to you. This is probably my favorite response. Um, they were like, he's what movie is that from? I cannot remember the name of it. Where he's like, uh, if I show you this one, I don't know. How do you and you give Michaela a hard time? Anyways, my parents are gonna kill me because I should know this because it's an Italian movie and I'm blanking on it. Uh, isn't it like my cousin, my cousin my something? Cousin yes, that's a movie. My cousin Vinny. Okay, so it's when he comes up and he's talking to the judge and he's like, uh, he, I don't know. He says, something, "Oh, excuse me, Your Honor, the two Utes." And he's like, "What is a Ute?" And he's <laughs> like, "Oh, I mean youth or whatever." Like that. That one is. Yeah. Anyways, I'm not making any sense. But everyone's basically saying no. Arizona State and who? Everyone is also chiming in that the only people who think it's a rivalry are Utah fans and some very wild ASU fans. It's not. It's not a rivalry unless both sides agree, and we agree that it's not a rivalry. So it is not a rivalry. You heard it here, Phil. First, folks, that is breaking news from the PHNX. I'll die on this hill. Live show. We'll be back live. On Friday for our fun day, Friday fun day, our pregame show will be previewing the game. We'll be having some fun. 
Um, come join us then. Audio episode out on Thursday. Follow our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, review, um, rate it. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel at PHNX Sports. Leave a like. Drop a comment. Drop a follow to me at Shane Deef. Drop a follow to Brittany at bboy 7 Drop a follow to our Sun Devils live show page at PHNX underscore Sun Devils. And we will be back on Friday in studio at 3.30. Britt, anything else to add? It's going to be Friday fun day and it's going to be a lot of fun because it's Friday. <laughs> so it's vice versa and equiv- like equivocal. And I'm excited. <laughs> All right, peace.